Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your wonderful word this morning. You are a wonderful counselor unto us. A child is born unto us, the son is given, and his name shall be called the Wonderful Counselor. Thank you, Lord, for being our Wonderful Counselor as we study now in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 46, verse 1. Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make of thee a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took their cattle and their goods, which they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt. Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons with him, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. So in our last study, we studied this. This is a great chapter because this chapter in verse 1 starts what we want to call the great transplantation of the, of the moving of Jacob's family from Canaan into Egypt. Now, actually, there are four greats in this history, and that's one of the greats. But really, when you look at this history as a whole, as a, as a whole what you can see here is, first of all, a great calling, a great calling. Then there is in this history a great transition, a great transition. And then there is in this history a great, the great hope, the great hope. And then there is in this history the great determination that Jacob had. And then there is in this history what we just talked about, the great transplantation. Now that's very important because this is a pattern that we see in this history. And so it's a great scene for us to see this as we watch Jacob go through all of this. I mean, he's going to go, he has gone through a great transition from unbelief to belief. And we see in this, when we look at something like this, we see a picture of ourselves and what's happened to us. You know, when his, his sons, when his sons, Jacob's sons first came to him and told him, jo- Joseph is alive. He's down there in Egypt. We saw his great glory and so forth. You know, at first it says Jacob didn't believe them. He didn't believe them in Genesis 45, 26. In Genesis 45, 26, it says, and told them, saying, 
Joseph is yet alive, and he's governor over the land of Egypt. And then, as it says, Jacob's heart fainted, for he believed them not. So what we see there is a struggle that was going on in Jacob's heart. He was really struggling, and his heart had failed him in his state of unbelief. And he struggled as he, as he went through this great transition from, from unbelief to belief. He had heard the great calling via his sons of Joseph down there in Egypt for him to come to him. That was a great calling, but then he had to go through the great transition of passing from, from unbelief to belief. It's kind of like a pain of a child being born when he takes his first breath of life. And this is Jacob here struggling as he's passing from unbelief to belief. It's a picture of us of when we were lost in sin and then in a state of unbelief. And there was a great struggle that happened as we emerged and came out of that state of darkness from the state of unbelief to belief. And this is what Jacob has gone through when he comes in verse, when he says in verse 26, it says in verse 26, he believed them not. That was his dark state. But then when he comes out of that in the next, in the next couple of verses in verse in chapter 25, verse 28, and 28, when it says, Joseph is my son is yet alive. Well, that's what they told him, but he didn't believe it. But now he believes it. And he says, Joseph, my son is yet alive. That's belief. That's a great transition from unbelief to belief. And then he starts on this trip to go down to Joseph, who had called him. He'd heard the great calling, went through the great transition. He had seen these tokens of Joseph's love all the provisions that Joseph had got together, put in those wagons that Pharaoh provided. They were all there. He saw the tokens of his, of his love. And, and that's a picture for us of what each one of us in our home goings to heaven is going to be like. You know, we can't come right now. It's the end of the year. We come to the end of the year. We can't come to a time like this at the end of the year without thinking there, 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 there were some who sat right here right in these pews with us, and they experienced that home going and, and that, we're, that we're seeing Jacob now uh, going to Egypt. And who knows, this coming year, maybe there's even be some of us in our fellowship that, that are going to experience that in our home going in the coming year. I, I still remember Sylvia Lander. You're, how many of you remember Sylvia Lander? It was on Saturday, in the middle of Saturday night in her sleep that she went home to be with the Lord. And so Sunday morning, I don't know how it happened. Maybe we skipped Sunday school class. I'm not sure, but we all went over to the house there somehow. Maybe it was after, I don't remember. And Sylvia was, she was gone. Her body was there, but she was gone. Well, she had another service to attend this morning. <laughs> who knows? This year, there may be some in our fellowship who will follow Sylvia like that. And this is the joy of going through death and recognizing that it's really the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus who's calling us to his place. He's calling us from his place of his glory to come to his place of his glory. Just like Joseph was calling to Jacob from his place of glory. And just as Joseph was, was, was calling down to Jacob and say, come, come, come to the place of my glory. And that's the way it's going to be for the death of the believer. It's the Lord Jesus who has that same call. Come, come, come to the place of my glory. That's the great calling. The great calling that we see in this history of Joseph calling Jacob to the place of his glory. And then came the, the great transition, and then came the great hope 
the great hope that came to Jacob, and he realized, oh, it's Joseph. He really is alive, you know. And and and, um, and we see this hope born in J- Jacob in in verse twenty-seven, Genesis forty-five, twenty-seven, the previous chapter, verse twenty-seven, when it says, "They told him all the words of Joseph, which he said unto them." And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. That's hope. That's a picture of hope. There's a revival there. That's the hope. that, that This is what hope did for Jacob. It revived his soul. And this is what transforms death for us when we dwell on the fact that the Lord Jesus is our leader. He's passed from death to life by his resurrection. And so will we. And this brings a great hope in the face of death. This is the great hope. And then we saw how this great hope, then Jacob emerges with this, his transition from unbelief to belief, then the, 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 the bringing in of the great hope. And then comes the great determination on the part of Jacob in verse 28, where it says, and Israel says, it's enough. Joseph, my son, is yet alive. I will go and see him before I die. Those sick, those words. I will go and see him, expresses in Jacob a great determination to go to Joseph down there in Egypt. So these are the same words that express for us a great determination of the believer as he faces death with the great hope. And at death, he says, I will go and see him. I will go and see him. And then there's a scene. The scene is so beautifully painted for us in the hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer, where Sweet Hour of Prayer, it has this great, great phrase in it. It says, till from Mount Pisgah's lofty height, I view my home and take my flight. This robe of flesh, I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize and shout while passing through the skies, through the air, farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. What a scene that is. Isn't that great? Passing through, dropping the robe of flesh and saying, bye. (laughs) And, and, And as Jacob from Canaan, he hears this great call from Joseph. He experiences this great transition from unbelief to belief. He's filled with this great hope, and then he's made this great determination that he's going to go, and then starts the last one, the great transplantation. I mean, can't you just see Jacob as he's viewing this new home in Egypt, and he's taking his flight, and he's, and he's shouting as he's leaving Canaan, farewell, farewell, sweet land of Canaan. And, and, and this is Jacob here. This is his last journey. He's not going to make another trip after this. And what's so striking, and we saw this about this trip from Canaan to Egypt, is how Jacob no really sooner gets underway, you know, 13 miles into the trip, in the caravan, in the trip, and he comes to Beersheba, where we read in the first verse of this chapter, and Israel took his journey with all he had and came to Beersheba, and then he offers sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. I mean, what do you think that was like for him? As he's traveling there, realizing my last trip. You ever sat down with an old Fuller albums? I have boxes of them. You ever sat down with them, you know, people don't make photo albums anymore. They're on PDFs or anyways, you ever flip through them. 
I mean, the, this last Friday was the annual uh, Scannabodies party in Santee. They put up on the screen an old picture of me when I was seven years old. And I was standing there with my dad and my uncle, and I was wearing a suit, and I was wearing a very special, oh, it was so special to me, it was a bow tie. And the bow tie was so special because it was made out of mink. It was a mink bow tie. <laughs> I'm sitting there with a mink bow tie. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, nobody else has got a mink bow tie. <laughs> I got a mink bow tie. And I'm sort of acting, acting out. And so I'm standing with my head sideways. You know, but anyway, That's just the way I was. And, and, and they asked, anybody know who that was? You know, Well, nobody knew who it was. But then you remember Jim Ryan said, that's Tom Cantor. So afterward, I went to Ryan. I said, how did you know that was me? And he said, he said, I didn't. It was just that the picture was sold. It had to be some old guy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, it was. It was 60 years old. And it did bring back a lot of memories. And that's what it was like for Jacob as he was traveling down this road for the last time. It really was a trip down memory lane for Jacob as he passed from one familiar spot to another familiar spot. And you can kind of see him sort of sitting there thinking, Boy, a lot of memories in that spot. A lot of memories in that spot. He's going down, he's passing these nostalgic places. And then something starts to happen in Jacob. He starts to become more and or less and less excited and more and more joyless and more and more insecure and just unsure that this is really the right thing to do. You ever had that happen to you? You ever been have that happen to you when there's this initial rush and excitement with a new hope, and then as time goes by, sort of like that joy fades away, and this insecurity comes into the heart. That's what happened to Jacob. And he was experiencing that. It was just sort of like this, this fear, this fear of the unknown. I mean, he had a lot of reasons to be afraid. And you could ask him and say, can you give me some of the reasons why you're afraid? And, and of course, he would say all those things we talked about, you know, Egypt's a, a scary place, and and um, I never been there before, and Rachel died on her on a trip, and I'm gonna die and all, et cetera, et cetera. But it was more of an unknown, an unknown fear that just sort of overshadowed Jacob. And and and, and he just, and he, and as this he experienced that, he said to himself, "I know what I got to do now. I've got to stop and worship." Jehovah Jesus and seek his direction now. And that's what's happening in verse one. And, and so there's a time, and when that happens to us, that's a time for us to stop and do what we see Jacob doing here. Just worship the Lord Jesus and seek the counsel from the wonderful counselor. So this stop uh, uh, at Beersheba was really Jacob saying, not without God. It, this was a not without God stop. And, and at the end of, of this chapter, Jacob is, is, is going to be more ready. Or I should just say, it's going to make him more ready at the end of this stop in, in, in Beersheba than he was at the end of the last chapter when he said, Ah, oh, it's enough. Joseph, my son's yet alive. I'll go and see him before I die. So, as excited, as excited as Jacob was to go down into Egypt, to see, he's going to see Joseph again. This is his great desire of his life. Jacob caught a hold, uh, 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 he just caught a hold of himself and he said, wait a minute, I can't go down without God. As much as I want to see Joseph, I, 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 I will not even do that 
without God. And he's all excited to go down to Egypt, but, but his, his soul kind of rises up and he says, don't go down there without your God. And make sure that God's going down with you into Egypt. It's the same, you know, we, we sing this great song, Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below. Anywhere without him, dearest joys would fade. Anywhere with Jesus, I'm not afraid. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. And then in another part of the hymn, there's this great phrase where it says, anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. I love that. Anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. We can go anywhere with Jesus, and we can't go anywhere without Jesus. Because Joseph, I mean, Jacob at this time, he's really yearning. He says, I got to make sure I have this companionship of God as I go down. There's friendship with God. That's what he was seeking as he stopped there at Beersheba to offer these sacrifices. And with this Beersheba stop, he was saying, I don't care how much food I can have in Egypt. I don't care how beautiful the land is of Goshen down there in Egypt. If I don't have God's assurance to go with me in Egypt, I won't go. So he stops at Beersheba, and he finds this altar. It's such a special altar. Abraham built this altar. His father, Isaac, worshiped at this altar. It's like a family altar. It is a family altar. And, and, and he bows at this altar in Beersheba, just like Abraham bowed at that altar in, in Beersheba, something like close to 200 years before. Just like Isaac bowed at that same altar. So here's Jacob. He's bowing at the same altar. And with this scene of Jacob bowing at this altar, there's like a tie a tie-in together of all the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob now all worship at this altar in Beersheba. This is the family altar. And maybe it, maybe Jacob was afraid, and he says, you know, this altar is familiar to me, but where in Egypt am I going to have my altar? I got I to gotta worship at this altar because I don't know if I'm going to have this again. Anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. I remember ha- having that fear one time. I was traveling through Europe. It was during the summer on a business trip. And, and I always liked to have my morning devotions in a park. So, you know, there was the, the, the park bench, you know, or on a hotel balcony or something like that. And I remember I was in London at this time, and there was no park nearby, and, the, and there was no balcony. And so I went out, and I thought, oh, kind of the, where am I going to have my devotions? And it, and I saw that there were some empty picnic benches, but it was outside a bar. <laughs> the, the bar was closed. So I sat there at that in, in those picnic benches. The stuff reeked of booze all around it and other bad smells. And, 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 I, and I had a wonderful time with the Lord, and I thought to myself, anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise, even outside this bar. Well, okay, so Jacob is coming to realize that, okay, he's going to leave Canaan now, and, and that his faith was not built on a place. It wasn't built on Beersheba, but it was on a person. His faith was built on Jehovah Jesus, and if Jehovah Jesus goes with Jacob down into Egypt, then Egypt's going to be Jacob's new home, just like David put it this way. So beautifully, David put it in Psalm 91.9, or maybe that was Moses. But anyway, the psalmist said, in Psalm 91.9, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. You made the Lord your home. 
See, Jacob's home was not Canaan. Jacob's home was not Egypt. Jacob's home was Jehovah Jesus. And if Jacob was with Jehovah Jesus in Canaan, Canaan was Jacob's home. And if Jacob was with Jehovah Jesus in Egypt, Egypt was Canaan's home. Why? Because of Psalm 91.9. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation, thy home. Now, it seems like for Jacob, this was something like a whistle stop at this Beersheba, but but you know, it, it was more than just a whistle stop because there was at least one night spent there at Beersheba. Because we read in verse 2 that God answered Jacob in the visions of the night. So God answers the cares of Jacob's heart, and he answers the cares by giving Jacob a title for himself, a very meaningful title when he said in verse 3, I am God, the God of thy father. And when he said this, God used a name, a very special name, the name El, to describe himself. When he said that, he said, I am El, or literally, as it is in the Hebrew, I am the El, the El. The name El indicates the might of God, the strength and power of God. El Shaddai, the almighty God. So with this title, El, God is telling Jacob that, look, Jacob, I am able as the almighty God, as the mighty God, to protect you in a very scary land of Egypt. So when Jacob came to Beersheba, he was in this state of, Egypt, I'm gonna be destroyed in Egypt. You know, Jacob was always afraid of the fact that he had such a small number in his family, and he, when he looked at the large number of peoples that are around him, remember, this was the fear that he expressed to his sons after they killed the Shechemites. In Genesis 34, 30, Genesis 34, 30, where it says, and Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. I, being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed in my house. So if Jacob was afraid that he was small in number in comparison to the Canaanites and the Perizzites, he's terrified when he thinks of his small number compared to the Egyptians. I mean, this really bothered him, this bothered Jacob. And it was true that, okay, Joseph is the ruler in the, of Egypt, but, you know, Joseph was not an Egyptian, and, and what if anything happened to Joseph? Or what if there was a new pharaoh that came that knew not Joseph? <laughs> then what would happen to him, you know? I mean, everyone was talking about Joseph and talking about his glory in Egypt, but he was just human. Joseph was just human, and Jacob was afraid that, that, of that. And this is where God's response in verse 3 was so meaningful to Jacob when he said, Yes, Jacob, everyone is talking about Joseph's power and glory in Egypt, but I am the El. I am the mighty God. I am the God of eternity. I am the God of creation, and I surpass Joseph. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711-330, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Do you have fatigue or trouble getting out of bed or just getting through the day? Are you so tired you can't focus? Do you feel like your life is drained away? Do you have fibromyalgia headaches? I have good news for you. Our doctors at Scanabody's Imaging and Therapy can give you cellular ozone therapy. Why not get your energy back now by calling us at 1-888-529-9016 or visit us at treatmyfatigue.com. 